0: Hi, this is Sandy coming to you with the Sandy Cam. So, hi everybody,
1: I'm Sandy Mackey. I'm Al Curtis. He's Al Curtis. And this is Mike Z. And today we are and today.
0: As never seen before, Mike is going to take my place in the conversation with Ask the Pool Guy. I think you deserve it, Mike.
2: Wow, after this long? <laughs> She's giving yeah. me the right.
1: In, so who is Mike? Hopefully you listen in the podcast. You will find out more along with a lot of other never before heard about secrets that the pool guy may have because
0: Mike has known dead. Al for a very dead. long time. So enjoy.
2: Since the very first one. I helped Al at the very first pool show. We were set up right by the door. He was kingpin back then. I mean, he was the key guy that helped set up the pool show back then. I mean, there weren't that many pool guys really getting involved. But boy, that was pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, that was 1996.
2: Six. Yeah. I retired from my other job in 95. So yeah, that would have been 96 and oh i tell you at that time they were using both sides of the hall it was it was pretty busy Mm -hmm. big and some people would come in and set up i mean real elaborate Massive centers it scaled down a little bit there's a lot here today but uh not quite like it was 25 years ago
1: it's definitely different my pole or the first booth I sure can. It, what we so have. You're thinking about the second booth, I think. Well, tell us. Good. Tell me one what, you what you think it is.
2: I could almost. Wasn't that with the dummy pool with the? Uh, that was the second year. The second. I don't remember the first mm-hmm. year. So
0: what did the second year look like? Second
2: year, we had a Capco demo pool, and we set it up, put water in it. It had a little leak out the back somewhere, but we made it work it worked real good they brought in water with the and at that time all the pools were getting filled i mean mr wacko what was his name
1: Wacko. dave
2: dave was his first name he would be busy for two days just filling the pools and uh that was pretty good but it, it was we were pitching everybody walked by we were waving our hands standing on our heads trying to get people in to talk to them and sell pools and we had a big list of pool service jobs and everything like this probably more than what we could handle but
1: some remember of them, we, were, we were right at the front Two very booths right at the front yeah the pool and remember we put the pool up and then we we used those uh, those stackable wall blocks to around the back side of the around wall. the back we,
2: side of the wall, yeah. walls
1: and you know, that, different uh, world it was a big a lot of work what, the first year was a basic boot, was a basic 10 by 10 boot. And I imagine I had scraped any, any type of pictures that we had. It wasn't so easy to print pictures. Just think about just 20 some years ago, you couldn't just go print them up or go to the internet and have them shipped to you. You had to go to someone who could style set them and then print them. And so a simple picture, a picture this big was 150 40, 50 to, bucks. No, yeah. 100 to 150. To, 200 bucks for a they were expensive and I think we had a couple of them mounted on foam and it was probably 300 bucks for those two or three pictures and and our book that we had started with and off we were off and running
2: later on it came to tiki huts you remember those yeah, yeah. now those were a ball to bring in because they were heavy
1: move in and out ah. yeah no it was it, that, that second year was was a bit of a pivotal year for us because yeah. that was a huge expense for me at that time to be able to afford a couple spaces and then and then everything it took to put it together
2: now it's at kind of that crazy. time we were still going with the original name Patella Pools yep and Gary had his own Patella Pools but I remember him coming in riding on your
1: space yep on your apron strings, man. So now, now isn't that funny? For ten years, Gary or more, Gary did that. He never he never paid for booth space, never helped to pay for any of the space. He didn't yet, even he help set leads. up or that. He, nope.
2: he would just come in with his brochures yep. and, and he would sell
1: pools and And I imagine, I imagine that was at least ten years worth. Uh, isn't that interesting. And remember,
2: Katie and Justy would come here with their Little snotty teeny. nose oh, running yeah. around the place. Oh, I want to go home. Yeah.
1: Oh. And uh, that was a lot of fun. It's much easier to talk about Gary doing that now, now that he's no longer yeah. with us. But that, Mike just uh, mentioned that Gary, for at least 10 years, came in our booth, manned our booth, and took leads for 10 years and never paid for a penny of the booth. Never helped set up. Never helped never set up. Never up. tore down. He just showed up. With a handful of his brochures. His brochures. And he would sell any mm-hmm. projects that were out toward Livingston County. He would pull the people away and take them over. I think I know. I think I know. I, I think know he just was cheap. Yeah, I, well, I think that was part of it, but I think there was more to it. I think that, that he felt that it was OK for him to do that because he got Livingston County in the deal. When Ernie sold the business to us, and yet, Ernie's deal with me was completely separate to Ernie's deal with Gary, and I think Gary felt that in the deal he was buying Livingston County telepools from Ernie, and I was buying uh, the, the other counties in the Detroit area, and. It, it it came up a few times and I, I get that sense that that's what it was, something like I owed him. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, through conversations I know I've had with him um, where he thought, why is Al, you know, he came out and asked me, why is Al building out here? He's supposed to be down there, Livingston County is mine.
1: Yeah, see, and yet, if you remember, remember he, him building on Drake and Farmington? and He was so, the but first he had one because it wasn't in me I I I, didn't care I would rather be me and I would rather have been the person that did the due diligence and did the work and paid for it and it it, that was never in what I would never have imagined doing that to someone else but on the flip side it wasn't worth the argument and it wasn't worth to me to to create any rift over it life is just too short he never
2: even said that he was building and way we actually found out I was following he, his trailer with the loader on it. And I said, oh, that's Gary's loader. Cause he had that uh, yeah, husky or something. Yeah, whatever was, yeah,
1: some, yeah, some And different. it was a
2: different kind of, and I said, whoa. Then I looked, it's his guys. And they were building right, not too far from. From right. mom and dad's house. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's where I saw him, I think in farming, to, yeah. on some street, I said, whoa. But he never said nothing to us. So he actually crossed the line first. He crossed the line to watch. Well, it's not, it seemed a lot more cutthroat years ago because most of the, even the spa guys, everybody seemed pretty cutthroat. Aggressive,
1: didn't they? Yeah. yeah.
2: It it was, you know, everybody was threatened by the other guy taking, although the economy was a little bit different then. And I think you have to advertise. I think now people, when they want something, they go shopping, you know? You don't have to sell it because they'll go on the internet. Most of the people now, I think, are doing their homework prior to actually coming to the pool show. They know the answers. They just, I think, want to see if you're going to give them the same one. That might be part of the reason why so many pool guys got out, because they don't have the real answers. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I don't mean to knock the pool, but you have to be well-versed between gunite (laughs) Vinyl liners and fiberglass. I mean, if someone's going to talk to you, they're going to ask you all those questions. So. It's, it's a more
1: educated customer.
2: Oh, very. Yeah. So,
1: mm-hmm. I mean,
2: customer now, I would say, would be tenfold smarter than they were back then. I mean, you could sell them a
1: bathtub for their backyard. So, so think about this: when we were first doing that show, literally the internet was first becoming available to the consumer. I mean, when you think about that, there was no source other than a direct referral or talking directly to a pool company. There was no nope. option for people to learn or you educate themselves. You could find out.
2: The only way you found out was by asking, coming yep. to the... By meeting and talking to people. Which then, it did get people... I remember them coming in and asking me tons and tons of questions. Well, why wouldn't you buy a vinyl liner? Or why would you buy a fiberglass? And they go back and forth, and you're just educating them on what you, what you knew, and then they walk somewhere else and buy the pool.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and so when you think about that too, with them being uneducated, all they really could, all they could really decide on was price. Yeah. Hence the cutthroat. Everyone is chasing each other to the bottom, because with an uneducated customer, they don't know the question to ask, and they don't know how to ask it because they're, it's not relevant. So. It all had to do with how much does this cost? Where today, people are educated.
2: You were asking the difference. That would be one of the big differences. You would walk up to a pool booth and the first thing the guy would be grabbing was his pool listing. Well, 18 by 20 would cost this, uh, 10 by, and that's one thing. We never, ever had a price. It depends what you want. We can do this. we, we don't have a price rate. Yeah, There's so many other variables you have to, like, okay, what happens if the soil? You can't just dig in it. You have to bring stuff in or you can't, you know, water table. And that was one thing when they came to you, you gave them the whole education. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I'd like to give you a price, but if I dig a hole and I find out you can't have a pool
1: and that's the way it is you know so i think though for me even i i looked, i look all the back those years price was was always kind of the last thing i went to because you're right i I would rather educate someone about all of these things and then then be able to present to them oh. what things were going to cost and and that but i was i was more of an educator for sure where
2: that hurt though a little bit it didn't hurt us because those people were price shopping um, oh
1: yeah you, you waste a lot of time with price shoppers for when
2: tour. Al would give them this great education on pools different mills of the liner and all this they still went down the road because they had a price listing and they would think they would get that price for two dollars and fifty cents yeah. and that wasn't the case because all the other variables weren't involved so that, that that was the biggest thing i think
1: yeah you're right that it potentially harmed our sales but on the same token it also washed out some of those customers that we probably didn't want to deal with
2: yeah you just how many unsatisfied customers would there have been well you know what there's tons because we ran into this issue it's going to cost you two thousand dollars more you know which those other companies didn't provide
0: you that well
1: and the reality was i would have told them that cost up front they thought that guy was cheaper yeah. because they didn't know something else was coming along and ultimately they had to spend the money anyway yeah. and they hadn't bought from me do we have do we have eight hours to uh to talk about this well, because okay. I, I one could go. thing he did learn not how to fish
2: because <laughs> when we both love to fish but when we go fishing together doesn't work very well. Al never catches anything.
1: That's a really interesting thing, you're right. And all of the fishing trips over all the years, I can't really point to a super successful fishing trip. Even in South Carolina? Anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, as even as a kid. Yeah, anywhere. So who is Mike to me? He married my older sister, Barb, a long time ago. 40 years. 40 years ago. So when Mike came into my life, I was a a young kid and snotty no Probably. Yeah. oh I probably was a pretty snotty nose kid but I started learning from him immediately and I think he's out of, out of anyone else in the world Mike has probably taught me to just try stuff to just do it and I remember all those years where you were just like well sure I can build a piece of furniture and Next thing you know, he's building furniture and selling it, or sure I can, whatever, you name it. And that wasn't part of my world because dad wasn't like that. You know, I didn't have an example of someone that could just pick up a piece of wood and make a table and chairs out of it. And you were doing that. And I know, I think for a while you were selling like garden tables and chairs or something. Yeah.
2: You were open to learn anything. You're very eager to learn. So Mm -hmm. I could have told him to make mud pies and he would have done that.
1: But what you did, though, is you showed me by doing it. You you were making things and doing things. And uh, the other thing, a big influence in my life, and I don't think I've ever talked about this, is Mike always said from the time I was a little, little kid, he said, mind over matter. He said, you can overcome anything. Your body can overcome anything if you set your mind to it. And that was, I imagined training that you had had from being off at war or you know something there was something i I don't know where i know a lot of that was from your training and stuff but he always believed that you're the mind over matter that you could use your mind to get through anything physically at all and i'd never heard that until he started speaking that way and that is a huge i've never even i've even shared that with you that's a huge part of who i am
2: if you're going to let yourself cry you're going to cry you know to put a if you tell yourself you're not going to cry, well,
1: you're you not going to cry. You fight through it and you can you get fight
2: to... through it and get it done.
1: Get on with it.
2: You, you may on. cry later,
1: but right. You know what? You get through that instant. And you just press on. I mean, that was a, a big thing for Mike. Was you you just press on? You go. You know, whether it's a physical challenge, whether it's a whatever, you just press on. And when I look at my life now, those little lessons that I when I teach kids today and I speak with Molly, I talk about the micro habits. Those are the micro habits. The things that I learned, things like that from you, that your mind is stronger than your body and you can overcome anything when you need to, that's a micro habit that I've placed in my life that I can do anything for two minutes, five minutes, an hour, whatever I need you know, it's it's allowed me to sort of just continually remind myself that you can do anything you have to do. But it starts with that, your basic message of mind over matter. You know, you you just need to put your head in this and you can get through anything you need to get through. And that's a huge piece of who I am as a human being, is one of those micro habits that I developed in my life as a result of your influence on me. And the second one, the second huge one is that willingness to try anything, to pick up any tool and try it, or to try any new idea that I had, because I saw you do that repeatedly. When I was a little kid, I had none of those influences. When I was eight or nine or 10 years old, I had none of those influences that would have said, just try son, just go out there and do it. But you were doing that. That's good. Somebody somebody listened to me. Okay.
2: As you get older, people don't listen to you anymore, but yeah,
1: that's no, good. So I listened to you when you were young.
0: So Mike, then you've seen Al go from a little kid to this very old person sitting next to you. Now, Settle down now. What is, yeah. What is that
2: I think one of the best things that I like him for, he's truthful. He's very sincere and truthful. I never, since even a little kid, saw him go out to hurt somebody. Even saying something negative or saying, boy, you know what, you're dumb or that stupid, he would bite his tongue. And never ever have I really heard you say anything negative about anybody. Or, or out to hurt him. Mm-hmm. If you made a mistake, well, you said you're sorry, you know, like if you broke something. But sure. other than that, I mean, I think sincerity is what I see the most. And I always liked him for it. I know if I can talk to him about anything, and it's between us. You know, sometimes you need the vent, and he's my venter. So I'm really proud And he's my and mentor. Happy. Ventura and happy Ventura. that
1: I, I came in
2: contact with them.
1: You know, I think that's it's interesting to hearing you say that. Uh, because our world is kind of full of people that are trying to get that edge. They're sure. trying to get something over on someone. And that was never. You're, you're right. I've, I've never. I can't remember a single time in my life that I ever intentionally set out to get something over on someone. No to, vendettas. None. Mm-mm. Just like we
2: were talking about. Gary, a minute ago, you know, you could have said, Yeah, I was gonna, but you know what? Why didn't I ask him? Because he came on my side of the street,
1: yeah, and big deal. And ultimately, like in that, in Gary's case, it helped me because he was there in the booth and he was educated. And you know, so from that standpoint, you know, you it was the trade off was he didn't pay for anything and he got leads, and but but why get hung up on that? Life is just too short to worry about that kind of stuff, and there's never a reason to. In my mind, to ever try to get something over on someone or try to snooker them or trick them into something, or uh, just none of that was ever worth it. It's still, and it never will be worth it to me. That's
2: goes back a long way. I sit here and think it seems like yesterday, but I've known him for 40 years
1: yep. 40 plus years, 40 yep.
2: plus actually. Yep, but. That's a long time. Being he's only forty. Right, I'm now, only forty-three right? years old
1: now, <laughs> okay. or thirty-three or something, in my dreams.
2: But it's good. He surpassed anything that I think I would like to see. He's done that and did it. I mean, the big thing he had the the pool company when we first started, there was ways to make money, abundance of it. If you would just do the cut down pool, throw them in, throw them out. At one time, we were doing 40 pools a year. But you know what? That wasn't Al. Al wanted to do something else. He wanted to, and we used to get mad because he would come up with all these strange ideals that we didn't have a clue how to do or how to even start. So that would force him to be on every job because we didn't know what he wanted. So we would shake our heads and get mad at him because we're leaning on shovels while he's hoping we would help him, but we didn't know how to. So I think that, that was the, one of the biggest setbacks for me is like, I wanted to
1: help you, but I'm not sure how to do what you're trying to do. Well, I, I couldn't ever be content with the well, same idea that I'd always done. And you and I had that argument many times, and, and you had a great way of describing it. He said, get on the railroad track and just ride it. You, you laid the track down, just ride on the track. And I had no interest, none. With my entire being, I wanted to jump off that track and push and try something more and try something different. And Mike would always say to me, he would say, get back on the track, just let's, let's keep going. We're on the track. We can keep doing this. And I just couldn't stay interested enough. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah and that's been an ongoing thing. I re- he always had these water features in his mind that he's going to do. Whether it's having a little spout of water coming out of the someone's concrete into the pool. I mean, that's where I think we started with a little hose coming out the end with a with the waterfall. Then it went to sheer sure descent and then he was getting the these, what are they called, the great big sheets yeah, of ice. The, the surety sense. <laughs> You know, these great big ones. Now we're building walls with these things coming out. And nobody knew. He knew. And we had a
1: rough idea. The, the trick is I didn't know. Or the, the, the secret behind this, I didn't know either. Well, I had no idea how I was going to do it any more than you did. I just did it anyway. And, and it made it look like he knew what I was doing. There was, that's still how I operate. I still know what I'm doing most of the time. There was one job we did
2: in Shelby. The lady was real nice, good, and we done where you put the waterfall going over her sidewalk, and then she added one. I mean, we went back and forth with that one a little bit because we didn't have the color scheme or he didn't make the water pitch right or something. That was a lot of work for her. I would say that was maybe one of your first key
1: it, it was, key but, but that was a learning. Oh, that, was. that was a learning curve and I was willing to invest in, in the learning, it hurts. When, when you're losing money and you're going back to try to make things look right, it hurts. But I'll tell you what, without that experience, I couldn't build on that experience to build something else and to build something more interesting and more complicated. And,
2: and we're lucky he didn't listen to me because I was uh, okay, we're
1: done, shut the pool, get the money, let's go. We definitely had some fundamental differences about that. And we yeah, had... Let's move on. We had plenty Too much of... Time. We had plenty of... When it uh, came to that, because... I think
2: over... I was employed for about 15 years. Yeah, quite a while. I think I must have quit six times.
1: <laughs> Probably. I, 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 I gave we you reason. I, I quit. I, I gave you good reason because you're right. I didn't want to follow the norm. and. I never wanted to do what everyone else was doing. Never. And a big part of that was I never wanted to be compared. And when this came up, I think what kind of one of those shift moments for me was when Jimmy Pietula bought 3R Pools, right? And so that was Ernie's son, who we bought the company from. I went on a pool appointment in Wixom. he had been there, and then I was there. It was in that sub that we built off Charm's Road. We built a whole oh, bunch yeah, of tools, but it was yeah. like the, the newer section. And the guy looked at me, and he said, so you're building the exact same kit as 3R, but you're more expensive by however many thousand dollars. And he said, what's the difference? Or, or, or why wouldn't I go with this other guy? And I didn't have an answer because I liked Jimmy. I knew he would build a quality pool. He was new. He was new and raw to it, but he had, he had worked for his dad, but he was new to owning the business. And so I couldn't tell the customer that. And, and I remember the feeling and I said, I have no reason. The only thing is I've been doing this longer and my company's farther down the road than it is. But I have, I have no argument as to why you shouldn't save $3,000 and go with, with Jimmy. Yeah, And he did, which I was perfectly OK with. I was in no way about to say anything bad about Jimmy or wrong. But what that did, Mike, was it fundamentally shifted me. And you would have still been part of the company at that time. And I may never have talked about it. But I decided then and there I would never be equal or compared to anyone else. I remember that transition. There was never going to be a point where someone could go apples to apples, anything. Because you hear that all the time. Well, we've got to compare apples to apples. Well, I don't want the apples to ever be comparable. And so that's when the shift started happening that I was always going to provide something different than anyone else. So I never had to feel that way because I didn't want to badmouth Jimmy. I liked Jimmy. I was appreciative because his dad sold me a company and his dad bet on me. and. So I would never wanted to do that to someone, but I never wanted to feel that way again. And so that started the change for me to say, no matter what I do, I will never be compared to someone else. To this day, you can't compare my work to anyone else's. I'm not saying better or worse or quality or or this or that, but what we do and how we do it and the process we do and and how we make people feel, you can't compare us to anyone in the industry. And that's because of that one thing that happened to me. I never wanted to to feel that way again.
2: Well, that part goes back to that integrity and honesty mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. talking about. Yep. Um, at the time, it was that was when everybody else had their price list. It was all about you making money
1: and making it quick and trying to do the best that you can. Eighteen could do.
2: by twelve. Yep. Well, here how much it's yep. going to cost? Yep.
1: See, and that's I never wanted that. I mean, uh, call me a. Maybe it's not a smart businessman or whatever, which I've never claimed to be a smart businessman, but I did I didn't want to I, I didn't want to just be what any other company was. And that's why I resisted and everything we did. I, I pushed for more and I pushed for different and, and you know I never I needed the money but I never cared about the money. The money was gonna be there or it wasn't, but if I wasn't having fun I didn't want to do it and and I wanted to continually push myself.
2: Yeah. That's when you, you were trans there. That philosophy, same thing in the service department. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Everything. I would say your company took a turn for the better. Yeah. You had more satisfied customers because mm-hmm. you were satisfied. Yeah. And you weren't bickering back and forth about price. You either took them for, they took, you know, took you for what you gave them or, they, or you didn't.
1: Yeah. So what I, I eventually and I've only recently stumbled on this formula but it, it rings true and now I completely understand why most construction projects not just pools but why most construction projects go sour I have probably described this to you before but I'll, I'll do it because the camera's on you have a customer and you have a company if you have a great company and a crappy customer bad combination. If you have a great customer and a crappy company, bad combination. If you have a bad customer and a bad company, bad combination. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's only one. So one out of four, 25% of the time, do you match good company with good customer. Good company, good customer meshes together, magic happens. So what we've done is we've decided, we are a good company, we've, we've worked really hard making sure that we're a good company. We refuse to settle for a bad customer because mm. you mix good company, bad customer, it's a lose. So yeah. we only select a good customer because we are a good company, and when you put that together, that's where magic happens. And that's the difference, fundamentally, that's the difference that you see with our company today is we're a good company with a good customer. Back in those days, we were really a good company. We had our challenges because primarily because of the bad customers we kept interacting and I didn't understand that. If I knew it then, I wouldn't have talked to those customers or taken them. But now that I understand, I've always strived to be a good company. Have I done everything right? No, but I have certainly tried and you've seen me go through the ups and downs and to, to try to be the best company and best person I could be. But now when we match a good customer every single time with that good company, that's the magic for our company today, Our magic for our yeah. lives. There's your, no stress and we're your, happy.
0: Your
2: customers today, I tell you, they become your family. They are. It is unreal. I would say, I really noticed this maybe about three or four years ago. You had a good relationship, mm-hmm. but it seemed like now they became your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're over on holidays. They have parties. I mean, you're invited. invited. Yep. It's more than yep. just, a friendship or a working relationship. Yeah. They became family, they, they became they do. something, you they know do. their kids, their kids come over. Yeah. I mean, you go there, who's the pool in Farmington Hills near me?
1: Yeah, the Sanders.
2: Yeah, those the people there, example.
1: I mean, you're like cousins to yeah. them or something. Yeah. Well, it's that, unreal. The difference too is that we wanna make sure that we're just not family until the project is done. We want to be there year in and year out. So it's not like, oh, let's go to that, you know, let's be a part of their lives just for this period of time. We want the long term. And you know what? It becomes really difficult on our end because our family continues to grow. Yeah. You know, where their family is still what it is and we're just one little part of it. But our pool family every single year grows that much Getting more bigger. and we have to try to jostle and. So getting to all the parties, getting it just, it's not as feasible as we would like it to be, but we want to. We want to sure. be at all those things that we get invited to. It's just not always so easy because our family has grown exponentially in terms of we have a relationship with someone, but now I have three more relationships and five more relationships and eight more relationships that I have to manage at the same time that part becomes difficult.
2: I love it because I don't know how many pool parties I've been invited to, to go to to these customers right. that I don't even know yet but yeah. all of a sudden they're my you cousins. Go. That's right. So this is working out great yeah. I tell you. Pool parties, pizza and, yeah, absolutely.
1: and everything to go with it. It's really great. Stuff starts coming back and there's all kinds of those crazy ass stories yeah. that happened to us because they were. <laughs> we were a train wreck waiting to happen weren't we? And yet, we, our, our heart was good, our intentions yeah. were good, and because of that, I, I think ultimately because of that, you know, we weren't out to screw somebody. We weren't out to hurt them. We just hurt ourselves more than we hurt anybody else.
2: But that, I, I'll i never forget that, but I went downstairs and I, like, this couldn't be for me, but the hose went past the house, but, it, but because there were...
1: It makes total sense. Those little bungalows. Yeah, those little houses like that, you never knew what you were doing. They had with. ground stuff. Yeah. Or,
2: and... Uh,
1: w- was, that, was that maybe Allen Park or somewhere? Yeah, Allen Park. Yeah, right, right. And yeah, those houses, they were jammed on top of each other.
2: I think a single woman lived there.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think and of. And she
2: had a boyfriend.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of who, you know, again, the names just get blurry and I don't remember many of those anymore. Wow. That yeah. one. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy.
2: Or Mike Lane driving back and all of a sudden the trailer lets loose from the dump truck. Dude, that one, swipes out a car. Hit just the Chinese guy was in the car. He couldn't couldn't speak way English way so they left
1: him alone. <laughs> funny,
0: exactly well
1: well Mike Lane had two examples of trailers letting go. Ah. Do you remember the time that he was on his way down to uh there was that supplier right there on grand river just east of
0: Telegraph yeah, yeah. or
1: whatever they were palm pools he was he was he left palm pools and he is heading back up grand river and he looks the trailers right next to him and he said he watched it launch itself you know it's it's a split highway the road there yeah. went over went across oncoming traffic and hit one of those the brick there's that there's that big cemetery there yeah yeah and it it buried into that and busted up that thing and he wheeled around there, backed up it up, <laughs> and took off. Uh, but you think of how many times stuff like that could hurt people. You know, I mean, that, that ran at 50 miles an hour right into oncoming traffic, and then veered right off and hit hit a, a concrete post or a brick post. Yeah, I mean, there, that stuff is uh, there's a <laughs> lot of those. That we got really lucky. We got really lucky. Oh
2: man, really?
1: Did I ever tell you the time? I don't know if I told you or not. Before I bought the company, and Ernie still had the company, Dad had wanted me to do something at the Howard Roadhouse. So after work, I hooked up the Ernie's. I never told him. I hooked up the trailer and his bobcat to bring it to Dad's house to do something on Howard Road. I got there on the road and I go to take the, the, the machine off the trailer, I had never locked the pintle hook down on the trailer. It was still up. So I drove the whole way with that not being latched down. One single bump in that machine and trailer you would've gone. could've right on. I would've gone. Yeah, so fortunately, the, the weight, maybe I, it held down enough. I got there and I was panicked once I saw it because I never had asked Ernie if I could borrow the machine. I just took it. I thought, oh, you know, it's close. And then I'll, yeah. I'll just do dad needed Some rocks moved or something graded, I'll just do that and then I'll just bring it back and he'll never know the difference. And then I just think of what that could have, that call could have been a disastrous phone call. Wow. Yeah. So you make those, I made that mistake once. Never never made that again. No. Nope, that trailer, first thing I do is make sure that trailer is locked down and I never let anyone else do it for me if I can help it. But. Yeah, boy, I, 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 that's a place I don't like to play in my mind is some of those near accidents. I mean, it's good that they didn't happen. Yeah. And you know, then we had things that did happen, big deal. But yikes, some of that is is pretty freaky. I've got the sweetest,
2: slowest golden retriever in the world. Very lovable. It's my wife's dog. It hangs on her. She feeds it. I'm the disciplinarian, so when I come in, the head goes down. She's got a way of squinting her eyes. And I don't know what that is. When I come in like, please don't holler at me. So she's good. She's listening. Took a little while. We call her because she, she was a little bit slow. And my <laughs> son gave her that name. It's like she didn't understand anything we were saying. So, But now she's getting more mature. They're a year old now. Yeah, and she's yeah. doing she's doing great she reacts real good um, I don't have to worry about a leash other dogs are walking by all that I have to tell her no I mean she's it took almost up to that one year for her to all its sudden come within herself and realize oh they're cool so uh, she sleeps right at the foot of my bed she's a furball she sheds like no other. Uh, we have it all over the house. In fact, I thought I had a fur coat on the other day. Uh, it's pretty good. She does, she's the biggest dog out of her litter. She, we had her spate, and I don't know whether it's that or we feed her too much. So.
1: Is she the biggest or the roundest?
2: Yeah, the roundest. Yeah, right, yeah. okay, there we go. <laughs> she's the roundest. My wife chooses her name, and it is
0: well, Riley. Riley. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, That's I had a verbal. stroke, and sometimes I forget what I want to say. But her name is Riley, which is good. We have another dog named Roxy, which belongs to my son. So we had a caregiver come in and take care of uh, uh, my sister-in-laws, who are uh, have a little shortcomings, and she started to call them Rock and Ride. So now we call our dogs Rock and Rise. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So that's pretty good, like a bottle of pop. But they're good. They're both good dogs. All the litter, you think about it, they're all good. None of them, uh, the the only one that growls a little bit is uh, Kelly's. Yeah, Kelly does. She's got a little bit of a growl. But I think she doesn't growl out of meanness. It's her way of saying hi instead of wagging her tail, because you can sit there and pet her, and she's all excited, and
1: she's growling. <laughs> so I'm sure she's a little confused. Yeah, she's glad. Well, we call those that squinty eyes, her mother and her grandmother have them, we call those her Gilbert Godfrey eyes. Yeah. That that squeeze her eyes. I and, never saw that uh-huh. before. It's sort of... Oh,
0: okay. They all do it, it. All
1: it. yes. Yeah, Bob gets in trouble.
0: He bows his head, and he knows.
1: He know, he doesn't, he doesn't Gilbert, he doesn't Gilbert Godfrey eyes though. I feel so guilty, more so than me. I know, it's such role. a cute face, I know. It's like a little kid starting to cry before,
0: yeah. you know. You, before
1: you punish yeah. them, she already knows she's going to cry. Or when you wake them up. If they're startled, if they're kind of jerked awake, they kind of.
2: Yeah, They in the morning. In the morning
1: sometimes, right. yeah. But yeah, I
2: couldn't believe that. I'm happy to know that it's.
1: There's not, nothing wrong with yeah. her. I thought
2: maybe she was a little retarded, but. No, I don't
1: think so. She's doing good.
2: Yes, in fact, I may become a surrogate owner of one because my other son has, not from the same litter, he got his dog from Belgium, somewhere overseas, a rescue dog, and the dog is just too much for my daughter-in-law to take care of. So we're probably gonna take it in, give it to Al and Sandy for a few months until we move into our new house, I hope.
0: Michael's dog. Michael's.
1: It's a golden retriever. It's it's the golden from the Polish golden or something from Belgium. Uh, uh, Belarus? No, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, it could be. I forgot where it's from, but it was really somewhere overseas. Yeah.
2: I had the dog for a long weekend because the kids went somewhere, and so I babysat. And this is shortly after they got it and the dog wouldn't listen like come here sit down it wouldn't do anything so i went up on the internet and asked how do you say come and i forgot what language yeah it it, was. you're right what and i was went it? up on the internet it told me i did and all of a sudden i said to the dog and he shh, so it didn't know english yeah you have to if you knew the other language you were in good shape yeah
1: what language i remember you telling me
2: and i can't remember yeah, now i, what it I was. can't remember i
1: googled it
2: and and uh turkish or I think it was
0: Turkish. Yeah, it might have been Turkey.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then he he learned the command words in in Turkish and the dog started listening to him. They were fine. Yep.
2: Yeah, so he's a good dog around other dogs. Uh, You can tell he lived on the streets. He's a little skittish. Uh,
1: I mean, a little bit, but.
2: We have a fenced in yard and there was a rabbit on the other side of the fence. That dog was through and over that fence and on that rabbit before we
1: could stop it. It's because it's he had to eat.
2: He had to, he had eat. to eat. I mean, yeah. he was, he's bred to, it's like that with squirrels. He'll go to no end to That's catch that
1: critter. Well, like they, they just chomped go on go them. Yeah.
0: They and like him. They
1: broke him, they broke him immediately. Like they, yeah, yeah. they yeah. tried to and get two of all them all in their it, mouth and, they they open and open like, yeah. Yeah, there was something weird. Those ducks were interesting, the chickens. Yeah, retriever. yeah, retrievers. retrievers. Yeah. Um,
2: now, our dog's a good retriever, real good hunting. And just their fur is so long. You get all these burrs when you take them out take of, them to the in woods. the field. Yeah. So that's a bad thing. Um, I like.
0: We have a cult that will take those out like nothing.
2: Really? I'm yeah. going to have to see what kind it is because. Um, yeah, yeah. One yep. one Somebody one had, one. had a whole Hits pile of a bear in fact last year I shaved the dog that's one of the reasons why we had the haircut but uh, I tell you I uh, that's the main reason why I won't listens out stays the distance I didn't have to do much training with it you know China was good up. too Yep. He, his his other dog uh, was good better than mine and I would Shyna would know, yeah, she just stay the distance. She just didn't
1: get a lot of opportunity. Then no, you as she, she got she older, have, she... Yep, it, she would have but, been, she was a good good dog. Yeah, because I would babysit. Yep. And uh, I, you did I, I had a German
2: shepherd then. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. you had a lady at the time. Yep. And
2: uh, my shepherd didn't know what to do, but Shyna would go out there, out point, stay 20, 30 feet, shotgun range, and just go back and forth like it was supposed to. Yep. It wasn't a pointer. It was a flusher, uh, which is good. So,
0: that's...
2: See, that's good, I like, now I want a pointer because I'm getting older,
1: I move slower. Yeah, you want to know where it is that you're going to be shooting instead of just a random shot once they flush them.
2: Yeah, I would like to know when are you going to let them go fishing? (laughs) Because (laughs) spring, April, is trout fishing again. So our new uh, house is right near some nice streams. And uh,
1: so I'm going to have to be working up there a lot. Yeah,
2: so, you know, at least come in and inspect. So, and that would be good. As a, you know, I'm so proud of him. I'm being very honest here. Uh, From knowing you as a kid, and I never consider you like a son. just a young man, and young you, brother, you, you yeah. came along a lot of way. Your sincerity always, always got, taught me some things because I'm not very sincere.
0: So
1: <laughs> so no, I, I tried okay. to learn so, from you. So the, so the difference, too, though, is you're kind of a street kid. You grew up in the city. and Yeah, uh, I'm like that know, dog <laughs> that would go yeah, through the of, fence, I mean, you know, you think <laughs> get about, that rabbit. You think about the difference of, of our childhood lifestyles, though, is. You grew in the up in that environment that you probably had to had to fight for what you wanted more, and you know you kind of had yeah, that a little don't bit, know about, little I bit would more of that. So. You, yeah,
2: okay. But, a yeah, I was. Uh, I would think that would uh, would be it. I'm just so proud of him. As of anything for him, I think truthfully, I think he's doing everything he wants to do, and I think that's the key part. I mean, it's not about riches and stuff like that for him. I'm sure his wife and kids would like that, but <laughs> it's not about that. It's about living his life the way he wants it without hurting anybody.
1: And I think he does that pretty well.
2: So I'm impressed. I'm happy well, for you.
1: Well said. I would agree with that. I, I've been really fortunate to live the life that I want to live. Yeah, And I, you're right because my focus hasn't been the money and the riches and the things so much. My family probably has had to adjust to that because most people want more, Material of, a lifestyle, things, more of a and But but I've really been fortunate to just live a really yummy life.
2: Although I never heard anybody from your family complain. Yeah. Not one of your girls.
1: They're amazing. Not
2: your wife. Yeah. They love on you more than any other person. Guy I know gets loved on, So,
1: I'm a fortunate guy. Yeah. Yeah, right here. See what I tell you?
2: See? She could have came to Uncle Mike. No, but instead she goes to. <laughs> this is
1: this is my baby girl. Art, Sandy, oh, Sandy. My 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 <laughs> eldest baby girl. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah, Denver give it a little cuddle. Time for a cuddle. Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm sure she feels that way about you, too. Bob can knows. You, can, you, can you handle me all oh, your yeah. left? There we go. Don't tell me who hasn't. The whole family <laughs> has. I was telling him today Matter, you know what, he can't let this company, you know, fold up any, because both you and he both have your families. This Let's is family-oriented. If he dies, everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> so he can't afford it. I mean. I think, out of your family, I think I was the first one, other than your wife, of course. Yep. I was the first one, and then we had cousins,
1: oh, nephews,
2: yeah. me. Nieces.
1: Yeah, nieces. In the
2: they come Sister down in-laws. from Florida and Niners. work for the summer. Brothers, yep. Brothers? Brothers. Yeah, he supported,
0: his, yeah, just yep. think
1: about it. Sister-in-laws, yep. Say so it's been a family ball. Well, I, I was fortunate, Mike, to have those years with your boys, working. Uh, you know, I I look at I look at what I gained in the relationship uh, with them, and and that was re- that was really cool. I think that was the best. They well, even at my uh,
2: son's wedding, they gave a eulogy almost to how great Al was. Remember, was that Mike or Al? I don't know. Actually, they both
1: said it. Michael yeah. Michael I mean, was talking, but then Matt was the one that I mean, also. Al taught them a lot in work ethics.
2: Taught them. They broke all his tools and not mine. Which is so always that good. Was, was, that was good. But yeah, he taught them how to work and work hard. Good ethics. So and they, they you know what, up to today, They. Both were talking on the phone deal. We had a threesome on the, uh, what do you call it when you yeah, stand? a three-way. Three-way call. And uh, they were both talking how great it was working for you and how much they learned and what a pain in the butt you were sometimes and how they hated to do the, that or hated to do this. But, but you know what? It. They learned for it. They did it. Yep. And they learned you work until you get the job done. It was 12, 14 hours at work. Plus, both of them paid their way through college off of your money. <laughs> I mean, so they worked for it. Yeah, they. Yeah. I mean, neither one of them have a college note because between that and what they, little they bit we helped them with help room and board, they paid for everything else. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was, that was worked out pretty good. I'm happy. Plus, you were young enough then. You uh, you taught them a way of life a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. You you're a good philosopher. And you like to educate you love to talk oh yeah and you make sense when you talk so that was that it. helps sometimes yeah and then you came along sandy Mackey, and took my job away <laughs> <laughs>
0: so at the beginning did that threaten you at all
2: threaten me was i was not like... just... off. <laughs> no no you know it was nothing but good though
0: mike and i had a bit of a start oh. yeah
2: it's like she's doing everything I used to do, but you do it better. And truthfully,
1: I don't think it'd be where it was today without you. So, you know that. She just yeah, what you have to you learn about her early on is she just takes over. Like she, yeah. it doesn't matter whose job it is, she just takes you're, it. You're and you got to find something else to do sometimes because she just takes it. And yeah. and it certainly it certainly has allowed her company to grow in a way. I than wasn't
2: used to. Firing redhead, come and
1: telling me. <laughs> what to do or who to be yeah. or how to speak or how to act. Yeah,
2: finally. When I figured I can't work anymore, <laughs> I may as well. So. I could have never brought this company to where it is because I just wasn't there at all. But you have, you have a lot of knowledge and you're not scared, which is good. You, you're one of those try anything. So that that was pretty good
1: yeah fear is not something that i would ever describe as the no. trait that you possess because i don't know maybe you are fearful at times but you the rest of us would never know yeah. ever that she's afraid of something because she just always just goes at it
2: you have no emotion
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <a> blank <laughs> yeah right no
1: emotion uh, But uh,
2: you've got to admit, compared to 1995, when I came around and was with you, to where you are today, it's awesome. I mean, it is awesome.
1: It's a night and day company. It's it's a night and day switch. It's very different. Oh, it is. I mean, that was still good for what it was, but this is very different, very different. uh, And I got to tell you, it's so much less stress.
2: It's like there's a total package now.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Before it wasn't a total package. Well, we were so busy being busy back then. We yeah. were going so fast and so hard for so little money that, you know, the margins weren't there. We were trying to be competitive and we were struggling just to survive almost. At With one time
2: you had 26 or 27 people working for them. On weekends. Time. It was and a we were just
1: spinning wheels. We were just throwing mud against, I remember some of those weekends, we'd get to, all those kids would come in and we had just loads and loads of, of people. And we would just have to throw them at jobs to try to get anything done. And uh, yeah, that was that was a yes. tough time. If you had
2: 20 new hammers and you gave 20 guys new hammers, 20 guys would come back that day with 20 broken hammers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, the cars were breaking down. Oh, they yeah. beat them to death. I mean- Yeah, they, uh... didn't, they
1: didn't care, they weren't their cars, their, how their trucks. They learn, how did you learn to do a
2: different- I think thing? it came from their homes. I think some of them just didn't have the upbringing of, like, I would tell him, pick up your stuff, like when you were at the house, yep. pick that up, put that back in the garage, or, you know, yeah. and you know, I don't think a lot of
1: younger people have that today. Those, those kids, though, I was just telling someone earlier, those kids all, well, for at least all of the kids that I do know about, went on to lead really good successful lives, Oh yeah. and they all are, that particular group was all kids that spent time together, they still do, and they're now in their late 30s or 40s, and the, the last time I had a conversation, he had said bubba Erickson was the one that had said we talk about you all the time and we all realize how much you taught us about life and how to work you know so each one sure. of them as they came to us not being able to hit a nail with a hammer left with life skills that took them a good trajectory in lives, and they 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 didn't they think at home. They yeah. look they think back fondly to those times because they didn't learn anywhere else. And that was that was a part of and, and what was your question then? You, my
0: question was how did you come from that? How did you get out of just growing people like us and maybe many people and then you
2: get out of money? That all came about I think that transition phase. Yeah. When we, he decided that He's going to pick who his customers are.
1: The customers aren't going to pick, pick him, him. anymore, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we, we talked about how I couldn't justify why a customer shouldn't go with that guy instead of me, providing the same pool, the same packages, and that he was $3,000 less. And I had no desire to badmouth, no desire to, in any way, paint that other guy in a negative light. And I realized having felt that way, I never wanted to be, I never wanted anyone to be able to compare anything that we do on an apples to apples basis. You know, because you always compare apples to apples, oranges to oranges. I wanted there to never be one bushel that could possibly be compared to another bushel. And so through that and through a lot of mistakes, and then also through in in large part, her leadership in terms of how we can see our way through this, at that point, at, at least in recent years. I mean, I was, I, I, by the time that you weren't working as much, I was still in that quagmire, but it was getting better. It was getting different, but I was burning out. I was, I was yeah. tired of it. Um, but in the last decade, it really came down to making better choices, uh, trying things that were manageable. But also knowing that someone, Heavy there was rack. someone there that was that was, was steering the ship while I was out doing all the stupid shit that I was trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. And I think, I think we couldn't find it early on. You and I couldn't find it because of the notion that, in my head, that we needed more. So and as we were I was too pushing, close. Well, yeah, but I don't I don't think it. I don't even think it was that. I think it was. It was, that's all on me that I had this notion that bigger company, bigger company, uh, expand more, do more work, take more jobs, have more, and all of that translated into more work less money, but in my mind, ego maybe, uh, just not knowing, uh, expanding a company is bigger than shrinking a company, all of those thoughts, you know, that was what was going on in my head and I was overselling stuff that I shouldn't have been selling and I was pushing for more, and then he couldn't manage that for me, and I couldn't manage it, and then we could never catch up. So year after year after year, it was this tumbling game. I do think, Mike, if if I hadn't been that person, I think we could have had a much more even keel. I mean, we made it through all those years, and we were successful in those years, but we could have... Nobody starved you, right? But... but It wouldn't have been so tumultuous had I not been pushing for more. And I'm not saying at that time it wasn't better jobs, it was just more jobs. I think the company now is phenomenal.
2: I mean, you can't, you can't, where else can you go? Have you really stopped to think about it? Where can you go where you can have that family or if you want to get bigger and start, you know what, you're going to, revert back to what Absolutely. it was starting off
0: so yeah yeah I,
2: i'm like i said i'm i think you're doing good mm-hmm. i'm very proud of you yeah, and i would, I would even if you know got that. a redhead and, as a partner <laughs> <laughs> i just enjoyed the memory you know yes, the memories, memories and uh mm-hmm. what is it my, when you Reminis- Reminis- memory lane reminisce, or reminisce memory lane, rem- yeah. reminiscing over the old times i I think since we started, I've been getting all these little flashbacks in my head and uh, the there's, goods and the bads there's
1: and, a, and there's, a, there's a lot of them. Oh you know man. you and I have a laundry list a mile long. I'll of, tell you one thing. Uh, oh, this is all coming off bad
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I remember the customer. There are a a lot,
2: lot of stupid things memories. we did. or another here's another good one I did. I was draining a pool. I don't know whether we were gonna put a new liner in it. And it was downtown Detroit, like uh, Royal Oak, I forgot where, down river somewhere, where the houses are all real close. together. To, bungalow close to each other, and you only got a driveway. Well, I'm dumping this pool, and the hose couldn't reach all the way down to the road, so it had a good incline. Hi, gang. So the so I start to pump up. Do you remember this? I I'm, I'm, I'm so,
1: remember. Oh, oh, careful, Bob.
2: So I start to pump up, start draining. All of a sudden, the neighbor came over and said, my basement is full of water. Oh, I remember that. And the basement flood. I went down there and looked, and they had two feet of water in the guy's basement. <gasps> oh no! There were rats tunnels in that and instead of the water going to down the, to the road road it went into this guy's basement oh, flooded his basement no. and there no. were two what did you two,
0: do next al <laughs> you're not <laughs> going to be too happy we got and we, then what happened
1: and then we <laughs> called the insurance ran. <laughs> ran away what did you do we called the insurance, insurance. and their
2: insurance took care of it i don't up. know whether it was yours or his but i don't i don't remember either but it yeah, I remember basement. that one. Two feet of, and he one. had a finished basement. With furniture, because he said, come here, go look at my basement. I went downstairs, and I'm not, two feet of water. I flooded it out. I was past the house, but because there were so many, you know, it, it city, just would flats in. underneath the concrete, it all went towards their house. Yeah.
1: We had we've had a few of those uh, Major crazy group mishaps. Ups, yeah. yeah, yeah, there were some of those. Um, but those, you know that's what? part when of Alex living. crossed out.
2: <laughs> <there> were, yeah. <laughs> how many liners did it put in it was
1: the wrong one, or we ripped oh, it? Oh, we sliced uh, it with the razor blade. Or yeah, yeah, those yeah. are. Yeah, oh, well. I, I try not to add those memories up. I usually I try to leave them separate. If I added those up, I probably would start to cry when I realize how 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 many stupid things we did, but that was that was a part of it. It Or
2: when we first were starting we poured a concrete deck. It got too cold. Two years later you went pulled that deck out. We tore it all out and redid it.
1: Yes we did. For your dime. Wow. Yeah that was about a four thousand dollar mistake mistake back in those days. Yep. I mean not only that, but then the lost cost of those guys not working yeah. somewhere else to make money. It was oh yeah, losing he, money. It yeah, was, he, I mean,
2: fifteen thousand dollars. Oh
1: yeah, probably, likely. Because that was a pool you weren't doing. Yeah, yeah. We weren't working right. on something else while we were. Uh,